everyone. We are officially renaming this podcast as the Steph and Jamie podcast Woo! since for this week, <laughs> Stephen and Isaiah are away at Monterey House preparing for the retreat messages. So hopefully we'll get to invite Stephen and Isaiah for guest appearances in the future. Great. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's start with Matthew 5, 17. It says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So one quick note about what Jesus says here, it could have seemed to the people of his day that Jesus was opposed to the Pharisees and their rule abiding, since they called he called them whitewashed tombs and he seemed to contradict these Sabbath laws they set up as the religious figures of the time. So things like he would pluck grain, heal people on the day of rest. But Jesus wants to correct their misunderstanding. So he says he came so that he could fulfill the entirety of the law, not to abolish it. Mm -hmm. And in verse 19, he actually warns against relaxing the commandments. Mm -hmm. So that's not what he's trying to do. And as we see in verse 20, um, he acknowledges actually that the scribes and the Pharisees live these righteous looking lives. Mm -hmm. But he goes further to say that people need to be more righteous than them if they want to enter the kingdom of heaven. So the commentary in our Bible or in our DT books notes that the Pharisees would have been the ones most qualified to enter the kingdom of heaven. So for people to hear that Jesus says we need to be more righteous than them would have felt like an impossibly high standard. But through this passage, we'll see that the righteousness Jesus is talking about has to do with the heart behind the law not simply obeying the laws themselves. So I, I, as I thought about this, this was challenging for me because as a full-time worker of the church, I can be just like these Pharisees. My whole life is about serving God. It can be very external, very visible, and literally it's what I do for a living. <laughs> And so Get when I, for it. yeah, <laughs> seriously, it's what we do. So when I think about um, what I do when I receive feedback for things I could have done better or some way in which I messed up, it can feel like I'm being held to an impossibly high standard. Isn't what I've done enough? I haven't murdered anyone, but it feels like I need to be more righteous than even the Pharisees in my whole life. But my whole life already has been dedicated to God. And um, so for you guys, as you think about you, the way you live as a staff or a student, if you're serving in some way or even just trying to do DTs, to love your friends, come to Bible study, Sunday service, um, and you look at the commandments and you say, look, see, I don't murder. I don't commit adultery. I'm even, I'm even nice to my friends who are <laughs> annoying. Jesus says, it's not enough that we would do all, the, all these right things, but it's about what's going on inside my heart. And he addresses that through the examples in this long passage. So one observation I made is that Jesus repeats this phrase over and over again. It says, you have heard that it was said to those of old. Um, the verses are 21, 27, 31, 33, 38, and 45. And after that, he follows it, follows up saying, but I say to you, we know that the Pharisees were exemplary in their external righteousness. Like they were so holy and that they never literally broke the laws of God, since they also imposed rules on top of God's laws to make sure that they would not sin against God. So while this may seem like they made it difficult to be righteous for other people, I would argue that they actually made it simpler and achievable because now they just had to follow the rules. Sure, like the rules must have been challenging to follow, but it made it possible to be righteous before God in their own eyes. It was no longer about relating with God than trying to attain and achieve some sort of righteousness for themselves. Here's an example to try to clarify this thought. It's kind of like if a married couple, uh, in a married couple, the, the man tells a woman, oh, I know you told me not to commit adultery, so 
how about I don't ever talk to any woman, right? That's super righteous, right? Yeah. But it's okay if I think about them lustfully, right? Because on the outside, it's all good. Mm-hmm. You can see how wrong that is, right? Even, even though on the outside, the guy is really righteous, in his heart, he is unrighteously lustful. Whereas I think what Jesus is suggesting here in these verses, as he says, but I say to you, is that it is impossible to be righteous on our own. For example, in verse 22, he says, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Is there a single person who has never gotten angry at another person? Like, I don't think so. That's crazy. (laughs) Um, But that was the point of the law. It was to show us our sin. Paul writes in Romans 3.20, For by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Mm. So this is where the Pharisees got it wrong. They thought that through the law, they could be deemed righteous. But the version of the law that they were following was the one that was taken in its most literal sense. Therefore, making it possible, like they made it possible to achieve that law, right? Um, Jesus had to teach them again and again. But I say to you that, and for each of these topics, he teaches them the real heart behind the law, that we are sinful beyond repair, and we need Jesus to fulfill the law in our place. It's meant to reflect and expose a sinful heart inside all of us that is unable to perfectly follow all of God's commandments. So I think this is really relevant for us because in our Christian walk, oftentimes, yeah, it can start with that genuine desire to connect with God. Um, But more often than not, I know that in my own walk with God, um, so easily and so quickly, I turn it all into this self-improvement process. Like, oh, I got to do the X, Y, Z. I can get really legalistic and literal with my commitments. And instead of just being honest and confessing, oh man, that's really hard. Oh man, I failed again. Gosh, I'm sorry, I messed up. Um, more and more, I actually realize the, the desire to cover that up. And, and I don't want to confront the reality of my sinfulness and all the ways that I don't measure up. And, and before I know it, I've completely missed the heart of God and even my original intentions to, ne- to connect with God. All because I'm still trying to posture myself as someone who can follow God's rules perfectly. And so I, all the more, I think that's why it's so important to be honest and just confess what's going on in our hearts perhaps some bitterness, some pride, or rebelling against God's laws. And I think these laws are meant to show and, and allow that to come out um, to really be able to connect with God. And it's only then, like, like to see that even as something to be grateful for, that we can see that sin, because that gives it, us an opportunity to honestly dialogue with God. That gives us an opportunity to repent and really start, yeah, start again having that real relationship with God. And that's what it means to experience the gospel afresh again each time that happens. Yeah, so I just want to talk about the last verse. This passage ends with verse 48. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And again, it feels like, wow, what a tall order. Mm -hmm. Um, I think reading this, it it kind of captures exactly what I felt like I couldn't do when I initially learned about Christianity. It felt like a list of all these things Mm -hmm. telling me that I needed to be perfect. Um, I think at the time, what I didn't understand is that Jesus wanted relationship. Mm. It wasn't literally about being sinless or perfect as a person. And when I think about a relationship, one betrayal, one act of disloyalty, one hurtful comment, that could potentially Mm -hmm. ruin the whole thing. But when we love someone, we desire to be perfect and to love them wholly. Mm So similarly, God calls us to this kind of perfect love, to desire to love Him perfectly in our hearts. But that doesn't mean that God disregards our our flaws, our sins, our imperfections. Um, Just as I would want the best for Malachi, for him to be perfect, God desires for us to be perfect. Mm -hmm. But He knows us through and through as sinners. He knows it's not possible on this side of earth. And so that's why Jesus came to fulfill that standard, going back to verse 17, to fulfill that law so that through him we can claim Jesus' perfection and strive to love him perfectly.
Amen. All right. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.